Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon, a fantasy of football podcast, part of the Fake Teams podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin stand club, constant doubter of Alvin Kamara and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by only one of the guys this week. It is Scotty Miller fanboy, mule skinner of the Zach Ertz decline wagon, Jimmy Graham's favorite cornhole partner, the coach whisperer, the wine sipper, the Will Dislier, working girl Jordan Smith. Jordan, how you doing today? Scotty Filler man boy. I'm ready. <laughs> Scotty Miller fanboy, ready for this season to start. Uh, I have to say, Jordan, it is always wonderful when we do, when it's, when it's just an us show, and right on the day when we know we're going to be doing a just us show, some sort of nerdy ass movie trailer drops. Because then we just opened the show geeking out over last time it was the Batman and today the Dune trailer dropped. And so then we just opened the show making everyone sit through our geekiness as we uh, talk about these these movies that are coming. Oh, I'm very excited. I, it's, it's the same sort of excitement like when you get the Batman trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's because you're just ready for anything that means the future might happen right now. <laughs> and... I'm honestly, I'm just ready. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Bautista. So that whole, excited. The it's a cast great cast. Loaded. I don't know anything about Dune. I know, I know that it's that it's a book series, and I know that there are sandworms. That's my extent of no, knowledge of Dune. But damn it, does this trailer make it look awesome and dope? And I'm not normally a Timothy Chalamet dude, but. Uh, but I will break. I will break my. Uh, I don't know my my hold on him. Yeah, uh, to to see this because yeah. Also, Oscar Isaac's who I love. Oh yeah, can't forget Oscar Isaac. Uh, it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, and I think they're going to break this into two parts. I haven't read the book. Um, I can't remember if I've seen the movie like eons ago or if I'm just conflating it with Tremors, but it's. <laughs> It sounds very exciting to just have like a, a two-part thing with all these superstars in it. Yeah, no. So uh, I am excited for that. And if you have not seen the trailer, I highly recommend because it looks it looks good. And it's just you're right, you're right. It's just nice to have things to like look forward to, given how much how much how many dire things are like looming on the horizon at the end of 2020. It's kind of nice to be like, wow. We have we have things to look forward to in 2021, other than just it being 2021, and hopefully, uh, you know, all of the all of the woes of 2020 will be behind us. So doubtful. Uh, all right, well, we've got starts and sits for the first week of NFL action, and like Jordan said before we were recording, I mean, 
I'll speak for myself in saying that like, you can take my advice this week. Also, this is the week where it's just kind of like, ride with the guys you got. Like you drafted your team, pick, you know, start whoever you want to start and just kind of see what happens because no one really knows anything, uh, especially in week one. And especially this year where the off season just kind of makes everything absolute chaos uh, and, and wildly unpredictable. So we'll see how we're, but nonetheless, you know, we are, we are here to make sure to li- that you listen to us because we got advice, even though you really needs advice. Uh, before we get into that though, we're going to tackle some news. As nothing, nothing screams. We are approaching the NFL season fantasy season more than a litany of injury reports coming in. Everyone possibly not playing on, on their respective game. Uh, we had a bunch of wide receivers who are all kind of banged up possibly most notably Mike Evans uh, has a soft tissue damage uh, which I think Bruce Arians has now said was his hamstring and is now probably a game time decision for uh, the Bucks matchup against the Saints this week Devontae Parker also is dealing with a hamstring injury going up against the Patriots and Stefan Gilmore this week and then Brandon Cooks who plays Thursday night which is the night that you are listening to this uh, against the Chiefs is questionable so make sure you take that into consideration when you're doing all of this. I have, I put out my wide receiver rankings prior to all of this knowledge. Uh, I had Mike Evans as wide receiver eight this week. It bumps him down a little bit. Well, if you can't play, obviously it bumps him down a whole lot of it. But uh, even with the like kind of banged up hamstring, possibly, I think I would still, if he plays, if he suits up and plays, I'd still uh, not be too worried about him. Is there anyone here, Jordan, that you uh, feel like we should touch on more? Um, yeah, the person who I might not even gamble on putting into a lineup, even if he does play is Devontae Parker, um, just with the hamstring injury with, um, kind of the turnover on the Dolphins roster, there's a lot of new faces and they're playing the Patriots. Now I looked at Devontae Adams and his scoring last year. Um, I believe in like week 17 against the Pats, I'm not sure how much it mattered, but he went off against the Patriots, um, in their matchup. Before that, uh, several weeks earlier, I believe in somewhere between week four and week six, Devontae Adams had seven targets and caught none of them. So that's a little bit of a, a red flag for me, especially if Stefan Gilmore is going to be playing some shadow coverage on him. And um, I, I think passing defenses are going to rely heavily on just the talent that they have first and foremost in these first few weeks. And nobody has better secondary talent than uh, the Patriots, despite all the attrition for people skipping the year and things like that. Only thing I would add, Jordan, is that I assume you are talking about Devontae Parker and not Packers star wide receiver Devontae Adams. Uh, see, I that was a mistake. <laughs> I did that when I was searching Devontae Parker information. I put D-A-V-A-N-T-E rather than D-E-V. Got me all messed up. No, start Devontae Adams. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are they playing? Who are the pack playing? Vikings? The Vikings. It's too bad now- Xavier Rhodes isn't there anymore. The Vikings. Oh, he toasted Xavier Rhodes anyway. I know. But that would another- be great. <laughs> Another big injury, though, is uh, Daniel Hunter going on IR, which is yeah, for the Vikings, pretty significant for them. Yeah, the Vikings. Uh, I just, I just did a uh, my predictions for how the year is going to play out, and uh, 
the Vikings are going to take a big old take a big old hit as they start start things banged up already. Classic Vikings. Uh, also in the news, Miles Sanders uh, is still recovering from that hamstring or groin or whatever it is. Things seem to be getting on track. However, the cursed workload has been thrown around by Doug Peterson saying Miles Sanders' workload could be managed early in the season, which is obviously a killer for for anyone who's a Miles Sanders owner or has Miles Sanders on their roster, like my, yours truly, uh, and is expecting big things out of him in this first week. But Jordan, talk, tell me, talk to me off this cliff. Tell me that everything's going to be okay and Miles Sanders is going to still be a RB1 this year in fantasy for 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 full year. I still think he's going to be all right with a limited workload because he had a limited workload last year and he was a very playable uh, running back despite being behind Jordan Howard for much of it. And uh, the big part about it is that you, if he's on a pitch count for, you know, the first two to four weeks of the season, if that means that he can help you later on when you're gearing up for the playoffs or when you're in the playoffs, you, you'd rather have that than to be like, I need Miles Sanders to get me off to a three and one, four and no start because, you know, and then he gets injured then what then you you drop to four and eight because you didn't plan that out very well in your mind I, I still like it good okay good you did it you did an effective job of, of talking me off the cliff and back into my car and and now i'm heading back to my campsite so that's good uh all right well that's it for the news we could we could go through like every single player who has a minor injury reported on them but you know what you can do that yourself. We're not, we're not your mom. We're not here to uh, make your bed for you. Let's get into starts and sits for the week. Uh, and I'll start us off with, we'll start with our starts. We each have three and we each have three sits. Uh, and I will start us off in the starts department. I have him as my wide receiver 12 this week. Uh, so just fringe wide receiver one territory, DJ Chark. The game script is going to be a high scoring affair, uh, given how the gar- how garbage the Jaguars defense is and, and uh, with Rivers under center for the Colts, this game I think is going to be kind of who can score 35, 40 first. Uh, Minch is going to throw the ball like 45 times, and I don't see where those targets are going other than DJ Shark. So I think you are starting DJ Shark with, you know, he. I have him, again, like I said, I have him as a wide receiver one, but I, he's confidently going to be a wide receiver two this week, and, and I think can can step into that wide receiver one territory as well and get you get you a win to start off the year. Yeah, I see this as like a microcosm of the Jags season. We talked about this on the podcast before is that the Jaguars are just going to have to be in game script situations where they have to throw the ball. Um, they keep on just bleeding pro bowl and all pro talent from that defense so it's (laughs) going to be rough i i talk about it a little bit later with the sits because i have another uh unsurprisingly i have a jaguars player that you should be sitting against the colts who should have a pretty solid um defense at least against the run um and they might be looking to put up big points because of the the defense being that bad yeah yeah the jaguars the jaguars are going to stay and win a, a game this year uh, it's going to be hopefully on that. Well, it's going to be on that offense scoring a buttload of points. And I don't see who that's going to other than TJ shark. So hope you drafted him. Uh, who's a start for you this week. Uh, start for me is Josh Jacobs. Uh, this 
probably isn't much of a surprise if because you probably likely drafted him early, but you should draft uh, play him with confidence because Tyrell Williams is out. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. is gone. Uh, the Raiders have... <laughs> Still absurd to me. Yeah, the Raiders are also starting two rookies, um, r- rookie wide receivers. They confirmed um, Hunter Renfro is only a, uh, on his second year as well. Um, and last year, the the Raiders are playing the Panthers. And last year, the Panthers were the worst defense by DVOA um, by the end of the season. And honestly, they only appear to have gotten worse. Uh, a lot of turnover on the defensive side of the ball. They have a ton of new starters. And yeah, Josh Jacobs should be in the RB1 conversation for this week. Josh Jacobs has, I think, like top five potential, like could be the RB1 uh, this week. And uh, especially like you said, I mean, we still don't exactly know what his workload is going to be in the passing game. But given that they traded Limbaugh Joseph, uh, wait, is that his name? Limbaugh Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I say Limbaugh Joseph? I'm combining him with something else. Limbod, Limba. All right. Him, the rookie. Limba. Uh, Given that they traded like the running back who was supposed to be their pass catch, like who everyone was worried about was going to take pass catching targets away from Josh Jacobs. It seems clear that Josh Jacobs has the monopoly on that backfield. And I am regretting more and more each day that I did not take him in any of my leagues. So. Yes, he, I think, is going to start start you off real strong this week. They definitely, they made a point to bring in a ton of talent. Uh, we touched on this at the Raiders brought in a ton of talent to try to, like, I don't know, boost up their running back room in terms of guys who can come out of the backfield and catch. But at the end of the day, the depth chart ends up looking pretty much exactly the same as last year uh, with Jalen Richard being the backup and probably going to get a good amount of targets. And then Devonte Booker, who I, I don't anticipate getting a whole lot of tick. Not, a, not enough to be worried about. Uh, speaking of running backs, I'm saying go ahead and start Todd Gurley with confidence this week. It's the healthiest he's going to be all season. So there's that right off the bat. <laughs> and uh, I like that. <laughs> that's, that's a win. That's a win. You should not, not, not ignore the fact that he is uh, as healthy as it's going to get. Playing against the Seahawks D-line, that is far from formidable. They are, I think, going to be kind of not a pushover this year, but that I think the Seahawks are going to struggle to stop the run. Um, I just think you fire him up and see what he does in Atlanta. I think the change of scenery and in a new offense is going to be something that we could see him start off a little bit hotter than people are anticipating, especially in a year that people still are downplaying. He came off a 14-touchdown year last year and 1,000-plus yards, so... I am I'm all in on Todd Gurley uh, and uh, and definitely think he belongs in your starting lineup this week. Yeah, didn't Todd Gurley still finish as like a top fifteen running back yeah, last year? I don't, I don't know why okay. people were so so burning him down, burn the bridges. It's that thing where he just he got so high up people's boards, he flew too close to the sun, and now it's like oh top fifteen. That's still terrible for him when he was a top three guy. Um, I, I still think he can put up good numbers and I'm feeling like I'm pretty high on the Falcons offense this year. I'm not sure if that's a little bit dangerous, but I feel like they'll be all right. I think the Falcons offense, I, I feel like death taxes and the Falcons offense being formidable is, is something we can all rely on. I guess I, I when was there a year where they weren't able to, maybe their ground game has been kind of iffy, but that passing attack is like always been potent for, for the last, you know, 
five years. Um, so the ground I, game I, is iffy because like Devonte Freeman was just in and out of the lineup. I feel like yeah. consistently for the past two years. So a healthy Todd Gurley though is gonna is gonna crush. Uh, what do you like? Who are you starting this week? Oh, I'm starting Scotty Miller. Uh, at least in some of the deeper leagues maybe some dynasty leagues how deep how deep is this league how deep is a league that you are confident in starting scotty Scotty miller in maybe like a 14 team league um i I do have one of those redraft leagues going right now but i think he's good for a flex start if mike evans is unable to go um that's fair because I, i think playing the saints this is like a big game early in the season for both teams because this could have just playoff implications it could have first round buy implications because only the one seed gets the buy this year um and i i think both teams could end up just going out and putting up points this could be the early season bout that we are talking about for the next couple of weeks now um so again if if mike evans isn't able to go then I think Scotty Miller's a good fill-in, uh, largely because that also means Chris Godwin is going to get a lot of Marshawn Lattimore work on the other side. So um, I, I think that if he's being shadowed there, Scotty Miller can use his speed. Um, the field is probably going to be stretched out in different ways for O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski. They're going to have to get a little bit more creative when one of their top guys goes down. So uh, Scotty Miller, I'm I'm feeling confident. If you need a flex guy, I'm, I'm feeling confident in him. And if it doesn't work out, it's only week one. Come back. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we know Tom Brady has a connection with uh, small white wide receivers. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, all, rat, it's all looking you know? up. Right. It's all looking up to you. It looks like it's going to finally come to fruition. The Scotty Miller fan club is going to uh, rock it off the ground. Um, all right, my final start for the week uh, is Tariq Cohen for the Bears. Obviously, there's no David Montgomery, which means Cohen will uh, will see his normal like workload in the passing game. But also, I think we'll probably we'll see more rushing work, uh, given that presumably he's the incumbent starter. I would I would assume. I don't know really who who is else behind him. Uh, the Lions were terrible against running backs last year. Uh, I think they allowed like the third most or fourth most fantasy points to them, which things change, but I don't really think they got much better. I think you can kind of rely on the lines not being able to really defend uh, against running backs. And you, I would totally expect check down expert Mitchell Trubisky to just paint, riddle uh, Cohen with targets throughout the game. So I think Cohen is, is a, is a f- easy flex, maybe gives you even some RB two upside uh, for week one. Yeah. So with all the talk of, the NFC North being wide open. A lot of uh, smart people have been putting their uh, putting their flags in the Detroit Lions Hill that they could possibly win the NFC North. But I don't think enough of them are talking about how not very good this uh, D- Detroit Lions defense is. Uh, they have some decent defensive backs uh, with Justin Coleman. He's a pretty good slot guy. Uh, Desmond Trufant may be able to turn around his career. He didn't a look bit great here. last year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe things yeah. click for him with a change of scenery, but he, he was definitely not on his game with, for the Falcons last year. Yeah. He didn't look great. And it just ended up, it seemed like a lot of people just kind of wanted to get out of there um, with um, Darius Slay wanting to move on after they just shipped out Quandry Diggs for whatever reason. 
they have a good front seven. I can give them that and I will give them that, but I don't think they have anybody who's going to uh, provide any sort of decent amount of coverage on Tariq Cohen. So I can see him getting enough work so long as he's actually the starting running back. I don't know if they have anybody else they're going to hand the ball off to. Right. I'm looking. That's what stats and information is on it. And it says Ryan Nall is the third string running back. So yeah, I, I think Tariq Cohen, maybe we see some Cordell Patterson in the backfield, but I think Tariq Cohen is going to get a lion's share of the work against the lions. Look at me go. Uh, who's Ryan your final? Nall. Oh, go oh, ahead. Say Ryan, you you Ryan have some Nall thoughts on Ryan the, Nall. He might get the short yardage work because Tariq okay. Cohen's is not a, a big man. That's true. That's true. Well, for PPR leagues, Ryan Nall is, either, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Nall is smaller than Tariq too. Cohen somehow. He's like, he's 5'5 five five and <laughs> 100 pounds. How do you get into the NFL? Uh, who's your final start for, the, for week one? Uh, final start, I'm just piling on the Jaguars <laughs> during this podcast, I feel like. Uh, it's going to be Phillip Rivers uh, for the Colts. Um, this kind of goes against the grain with what I've been preaching this off season is go with continuity and guys who are just in the same system with the same people. Um, but Philip Rivers, despite being in a new situation is playing the Jags who are in a worse situation. Um, there's no more Yannick Ngakwe, no more Clayus Campbell. Uh, they traded Jalen Ramsey last year, no more AJ Boye. Everybody there just wanted to get out. Like it, Usually it's what can so happen, bad. <laughs> what can happen sometimes is like units on a football team or the team as a whole, you kind of get rid of one guy who might be causing a problem in like this rift in the locker room. But I think when you see like a mass exodus of people who want to get out of Jacksonville, that just kind of spreads throughout the entire uh, the entire building, all the operations, all the staff. Um so I don't think it's going to get any better because they jettisoned some of their best players. And I think Phillip Rivers will start to pick apart this defense. Um, it's also the healthiest he's going to be this season too. So start your old quarterbacks if you want. Um, <laughs> also the best offensive line he has ever had maybe. Yeah. Um, and even before, yeah, definitely the best offensive line. Um, and even before, they lost a ton of their studs. The Jags were 31st by rush DPOA last year and 24th by pass DPOA last year. <laughs> so not to pile on the Jags too much, but Philip Rivers could have a very good first three quarters and then maybe shut it down in the fourth. That's how like lopsided I feel like this game could get. Or because it's week one, everybody's a mess and they have to just pass all over the yard. So either there's going to be a lot of attempts or a lot of efficient attempts out of Philip Rivers. Yeah, I uh, I am all for this game just being a who can who can throw the ball more, Gardner Minshew or Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers vibing with his uh, with his new new crew, and finally getting protection uh, against a defensive line that has no one to get after him. So I think he'll have <laughs> this. This is a good play. Good play if you got him. Ey and Paris Campbell are listed as the starters, actually. So those guys can can get down the field in a hurry. Paris Campbell had a ridiculous combine two years ago, so that's that could be pretty exciting for for them. I feel like you've talked to me, and I feel like Philip Rivers is going to be so cheap that he's going to be in a lot of my DFS lineups this week. Oh, probably, probably. 
couple. Uh, he's he was going really late in drafts, so yeah, practically un like undrafted. Uh, good streaming option for all those at home who like to do that. All right, we're going to get into our sits, but before we do, let's take a quick break for some advertisements. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, we are back. Jordan, why don't you start us off? Who is someone you're sitting this week? Um, this might go against conventional wisdom, but I'm sitting Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'm not jumping the gun on starting a rookie wide receiver just yet, whether that's Ayuk, uh, CD Lamb, Jerry Judy. It's week one, and I'm kind of waiting to see um, them put together like some some game film, you know, something that we can hold on to and say, oh, he, he, he did that well, or he did this other thing well. Um, I think that with the limited passing options in San Francisco, it's still going to be George Kittle leading the pack. Otherwise it's going to be Raheem Mostart getting a good amount of run. Um, the Cardinals defense isn't great, but that if Brandon Ayuk is the top guy going into the game, that's Patrick Peterson. That's not good for, he has to be, he has to be like an, an all pro, like a future all pro. We have to be able to see it right away in week one. And I don't know if you're going to see that against an experienced, like future hall of fame defensive back who could be just shadowing and covering uh, Brandon Ayuk the entire game. Um, and yeah, again, I'm just kind of, I'm doing my best to avoid rookie wide receivers, rookie running backs could be okay if they're getting the majority of the touches, but the rookie wide receivers, I'm a little bit afraid once the live action starts for them. Well, and especially Ayuk, isn't he also kind of banged up? I feel like he also had like an injury that flared up in recent weeks. So recovering from injury, going up against, you know, a upper echelon corner and, mm-hmm. and playing just your first NFL game. Yeah, I, I'm certainly, I'm certainly fine being hesitant. And as someone who has George Kittle in one of his leagues, I would love for there to be not a single target other than George Kittle in the 49ers offense as they go up against the Arizona Cardinals who gave up the most points to tight ends last year uh, in terms of fantasy. So I, uh, I approve this message, Jordan. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. My first sit for the week. Uh, I'm just going to keep heaping it on Amari Cooper because, you know, I just can't not. Uh, I can't help myself not shitting on Amari Cooper. Cooper's getting a now very rich Jalen Ramsey treatment uh, as they go up against the Rams. And I think that's just going to be real bad for anyone starting Cooper. We've seen Cooper get erased multiple times uh, by top DBs, both last year and just throughout his career. 
and I wouldn't be surprised to see him start 2020 posting a dud uh, against Ramsey. And so I have been long on this bandwagon of don't draft Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one this year. And if you did, I hope you have someone who can carry you to a win week one, because I don't think Amari Cooper is going to be the one to do that. Yeah. When you're facing a top defensive back, uh, it kind of depends on how the Rams are going to start playing defense. They might need Ramsey to do more than what's asked of him because they have holes like in the middle of their uh, second, their middle linebacker unit, the safety position could be a question mark. Uh, But at the same time, if you're the Dallas Cowboys and Amari Cooper is being handled well on defense, you're not going to force it to Amari Cooper when you have Michael Gallup on the other side, or you have Blake Jarwin, you know, you have Zeke Elliott. (laughs) When you have these weapons and these options, why force it to a guy who, you know, if if he's at the same time, Amari Cooper could be essentially taking out the Rams second best defender. So, you know, why not look elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just, I would trust, I would trust, um, Kellen Moore to be able to like adjust the plan or a possibly take it into consideration while making the plan, but B certainly adjust the plan. Uh, if, if, you know, Amari is being shadowed by Ramsey, I feel like he has better adjustments, uh, adjustment skills than Mike Budenhauser. Am I right, Jordan? Yes. <laughs> Who has no adjustment? Zero adjustment. Oh, love it. All right. Uh, who, who else are you sitting this week? All right. Let's, let's continue the pile on here. It's uh, Jags running back. James Robinson. Um, I'm a, just a little bit worried about the game script with the Jags. Uh, again, shifting from being able to run the ball uh, to gain yards to being forced to pass the ball. They have Chris Thompson there who can, who might get a lot of snaps at the running back position. Um, luckily, well, not luckily, this is very unfortunate for him, but Raquel Armstead <laughs> is out. He is on the COVID list and the Jags don't expect to have him back for several weeks. So Yikes. that might actually mean he has a legitimate positive test, not just on the list because he came into contact with somebody who was on it. Um, but Robinson is young. He's an undrafted rookie. Um, he, comes from Illinois state. Normally that sounds like a a very attractive resume. It's just look at this undrafted rookie from an FCS school led the nation in rushing yards. And now he's the starting running back. Pop him in and let's ride. That's the kind of guy I want. But like in this weird off season, um, he hasn't been, he hasn't been taking hits from opposing NFL defenses this, uh, this past off season and during training camp, I'm sure he's gotten knocked around a few times by people in training camp, but they're one of their main jobs and goals during practices and scrimmages is to uh, protect each other. Uh, so he's not really getting popped or, and I can see that like if he gets popped and he fumble puts the ball on the turf, if he gets fouled up, if he's too indecisive, if he misses a pass blocking assignment, because he is a young rookie, I can see, John Gruden just being like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna put this. I'm uh, not John Gruden. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Linbow Joseph, I can see him just being <laughs> like, you know what, we're going with Chris Thompson because he's a vet, he's a known commodity, and he can he can help us out a little bit more right now. We got to give James uh, Robinson a little bit of a rest. 
Yeah, and I won't pretend to be a Jaguars beat writer, though I know I can pass for one. Uh, but I also feel I feel like his announcement as the starting back was kind of a surprise to most people, which doesn't necessarily like mean to me that I like I think that means the Jaguars have confidence in him slightly, but it also feels like it's like a well, we just kind of need someone to be our starting back. And Chris Thompson has a very niche role, and we don't think he can carry the workload, slash, we don't want him to like get hurt as our starting back. So I, yeah, I, I agree with you in that I would be hesitant to, uh, to fire up James Robinson. Plus we talked about this, like when we talked about Philip Rivers and DJ chart, this game, if this game is a shootout, like the running back position and, and just rush running the ball in general for the Jaguars is going to be taken out of the equation real quick. Yeah. Uh, happy to be wrong because I will, you know, I will start building the James Robinson bandwagon right now, just because of his resume that I described before. Um, I had heard that during the off season, uh, because of the whole like Leonard Fournette mess that his play during training camp and the way he's been able to do some things in practice is what made them feel very comfortable that they could let Leonard Fournette go that on top of myriad reasons why they wanted to get rid of him since March or, last year <laughs> so um he could have a good overall season but week one i'm a little bit hesitant agreed uh all right a uh, guy who i'm not starting this week is austin hooper uh i tr- could trust that kevin stefanski's offense could be could be able to perfectly balance odell beckham jarvis landry kareem hunt nick chubb austin hooper and david and joku but i am going to wait and see that for myself uh, plus the matchup against the Ravens, they didn't allow a 50 yard uh, game to a tight end last year. And they allowed the second fewest points. Things change obviously. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thrilled at the notion of, of starting Austin Hooper in an offense that we don't really know how much work he's going to get. Uh, and uh, against the defense that has been historically very strong against the position. Yeah. I've, liked the Baltimore Ravens defense as like the top one to pick up this season. I know some other popular picks, the Steelers, the 49ers, I'm, I mean, defense is hard to carry over year over year. um, And there's a lot of attrition with those other two defenses, but I feel like the Ravens uh, Ravens defense was missing some pieces last year. And they really started to put it together with Marcus Peters towards the end. Once they grabbed him, um, from Los Angeles. So I, I think they could, despite getting rid of Earl Thomas, this kind of ties back to what I was talking about before is getting rid of one guy and a unit coming together a little bit closer. It's like the opposite of what's going on with Jacksonville right now. And I think that even though they're getting rid of a, a hall of fame type safety, that could just allow them to really play more solidly as a unit. I, I've watched a few games last year. There was you know, there, I remember specifically a pretty big run by Nick Chubb that I did not want to happen because I was playing Nick Chubb and Earl Thomas just took a bad angle. And I was like, oh, my guy, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> so Ravens defense, I, I like them for the year. And I almost picked Austin Hooper as a sit until I saw that you had him because I just don't know what we're going to get out of him or Cleveland for that matter. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot up in the air. Uh, quick update, Lynn Bowden, I keep wanting to say, Linval Joseph 
don't ask me why that connection is why I was unable to like separate those two players, even though they have nothing together, but through some stats and information has come back to me because I tried to search limbo limbo Joseph. And that's like, Nope. Google's like, that's not a real person. And then I was like, Oh, it's Linval Joseph is who I keep thinking of. Not Limbaugh. No. Or Bowden. Noted ball carrier, Linval Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Elite running back and pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, uh, who's your final sit for the week? Uh, my final sit is just going to be Le'Veon Bell. Um, hopefully you kind of just left Le'Veon Bell for somebody else to draft in your leagues because uh, I'm really worried about him for the season and I'm especially worried about him against the Bills. Uh, the Bills are a strong defense and they could end up being even stronger this year. I put them up there the same tier with the Ravens and uh, possibly with the Steelers and the Niners, if they maintain a strong carryover from last year. Uh, I I think by the end of the season, we could be talking about Ed Oliver taking another leap and just being a great interior defender in the league Uh, could be another improved year from Tremaine Edmonds who was a former first round pick at inside linebacker who's just a big boy who can run sideline to sideline um uh, the bills also have uh two pretty elite safeties that can cover uh pass catching backs if necessary uh jets are just an offense i'm i'm a little worried about i'm scared um I like Jamison Crowder to get his targets, but I don't like anybody else getting any sort of significant fantasy work this week. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have left Bell, left Bell in one of my leagues and uh, I, I'm still holding on hope, holding out hope because I'm ever hopeful man. And I think that let's give him two years fully into the league to see whether or not he uh, has truly lost a step or anything, but it is hard to get on board with an Adam Gase offense and Le'Veon Bell being a part of that. And you're right. This bill's defense is legit. Uh, I think they are going to be a top contender this year for being tops in DVOA and also in fantasy production. So they, they could easily stifle stifle Lev Bell and the jets. And I'm going to talk about on the flip side, because my final sit is also in this game, but on the other side of the equation, don't, don't start Devin Singletary. You shouldn't have drafted him first off, but if you did draft him, don't start him. We on this podcast are firmly aboard the Zach Moss train. Uh, and I think Singletary will most likely, he's going to get touches. Like he's going to be their running back between the twenties, but that's not where you want your running back to be getting his touches. You want his to get his touches in the red zone. And Moss and Josh Allen are going to be make the red zone their friend zone. Uh, nailed it. So, uh, and so unless you rely, like, unless you want to rely on Devin Singletary to break off a couple of big rushing touchdowns or, you know, catch a couple passes for big touchdowns, like, if you're going to rely on his big playability, feel free to start him. But I, I am just so lukewarm on Devin Singletary this year in fantasy, uh, and especially in week one where. I think the Bills are going to be moving the ball pretty easily against this Jets defense, which means they're going to be spending a lot of time in the red zone. And we know that the red zone ain't Devin Singletary's friend zone. Yeah, I just, I watched Devin Singletary go off at certain points in redraft leagues that I'm just like, uh, are you sure you want to pick him? Are you going to be able to handcuff him with Zach Moss? Because you have to be able to just nail that draft strategy to make sure you get them together uh because as we talked about on this podcast is that we think Zach Moss 
if not almost immediately at some point in the season will be the primary on the Bills offense uh, as far as rushing the ball goes. Uh, he yeah. still has some pass catching upside, but Zach Moss can catch the ball too. Zach Moss can't catch the ball. I just think there's not nothing that Devin Singletary brings to the table that like is uniquely Devin Singletary. Yeah, I, I think based on where you might have drafted him or unless you waited very long to draft running backs, he's probably a flex option. But if you have other guys that could fit into that three spot, then I would I would look at those options instead. Yes. On a week to week basis, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should you should uh you should be looking to trade Devin Singletary real fast before the rest of your league realizes that you made a silly mistake drafting him. Just just yeah. a little word word to the wise and get Zach Moss. Uh, all right. Well, there's our starts and sits for the week. And as we will be doing at the end of every episode, we are going to be contacting the Oracle, the Oracle who was a perfect 100% last year in all of her predictions. So if you have any week that you have a really, God, you just can't figure out what you want to do. What is the start and sit decision? Should I start this guy? Who am I, who am I deciding between two players to start? Any conundrum that you could possibly come up with, uh, make sure to tweet it at us at RB1 Podcast, and we will offer it as a as a sacrifice to the Oracle for her brilliant fantasy mind. Now, we did not get anything from you, dear listeners, so step your game up. But instead, Jordan is about to embark on a fantasy draft at, with the 101 pick, uh, something that he's very excited about but also very nervous about. Jordan, I want you to tell us who you're contemplating or just or just what is your what is your concern at the 101 and then we're going to call the oracle and you will give the oracle three options uh to pick at the 101 and we'll see which one she she decides. Yeah, so just some background for the listeners, it is just a uh league with our brothers and sisters over at SB Nation's Acme Packing Company, uh, Green Bay Packers vlog, go check it out. Uh, It's just a a small 10 team league, full point PPR, um, super flex in there as well. So watch out for those number two QBs. Get those QBs Um, early. I don't think there's anything wonky with the scoring other than a super flex it's full ppr nothing crazy and yeah i have the 101 pick i think and i honestly for the life of me cannot remember in a redraft league the (laughs) last time i had the first overall pick it is a lot of pressure and i don't know if i'm going to nail the number one overall pick i am i overthinking it should it just be antonio gibson i'm i don't know uh (laughs) Uh, no, but, but really it's, I feel like since it's full PPR, I should just go chalk and go Christian McCaffrey or should I get cute and go Saquon Barkley? Um, because he's coming back with the vengeance or Zeke Elliott because strength of schedule, Zeke Elliott actually has the best rushing and pass defense strength of schedule compared to those guys. Who knows? I'm really excited for the back end second round third round Mm. is it snake or is it is it normal it's snake okay so you'll have you'll have the 210 and then three one yeah it it comes back in a a pretty spicy way for me i'm confident in that part it's just the first one it's It's the first first one 
All right. Well, let's get the Oracle on the phone and we'll, we'll give her those three options and we'll see, and we'll see where she goes. Hello. Hi, Ma. What? Oh, hi. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the Oracle. How could you forget about your, your, this is the most important, like uh, your season has begun. You're, you're imbibing our listeners with supreme confidence in your ability to predict things. <laughs> well, you know, as the Oracle said earlier, I can be useful to you if I'm always right or if I'm always wrong. I it's just true. have to be predictable. You just, you just have to be one or the other. You can't, none of this 50-50 splitting things. Exactly. So I'm not sure which one to strive for this year. All right. Well, hopefully it's striving for continuing your perfect record. What we have for you to, to start week one, we didn't have anyone give us any starts and sits, which is understandable because it's very early in the season. But Jordan is drafting for his fantasy league tonight as we record this show. And he has okay. the first overall pick and he's debating between three players and you are the deciding factor into who he takes. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. So he can go number one, Christian McCaffrey, who is – by all regards, the top choice this year playing for the Carolina Panthers. He's a running back who does it all, runs the football, catches the football. He is pretty unanimously the overall choice for uh, the number one pick. Or Saquon Barkley, running back for the New York Giants, who is coming off of a, a, a rough year, a turbulent year. Uh, he had some injuries, but he is the vocal point of this offense. It's a young offense that could take a big step forward, and he is supremely talented uh, and could could garner that, that number one running back status. Or finally, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, who is the running back for the Cowboys, also does it all, uh, has the most favorable schedule of all of the all of the running backs we've mentioned and is playing in an offense that's bound to put up a lot of points of which he's the vocal point of. So he could be in for a huge year. Uh, he is also a, I believe he's from St. Louis. He's a St. Louisian. He's uh, yeah, I thought I remember that. yeah. So there's a little, little background information there for you. Uh, so Oracle, who does Jordan take one? First overall. So, so my understanding is everyone is currently living in the same place and, no, no. You, COVID is is a concern. You can you can take that into consideration. Okay. Oh, but that so it does play into everything. Yes. So, who's the youngest player? The second guy. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Because you know, depending on how safe everyone is with COVID, he could have well have the fewest worries about anything because he probably has. He would be least susceptible to COVID. He would have younger parents that he doesn't have to worry about and that kind of stuff. So he might be less distracted. But on the other hand, I find he might be more anxious. So, so good, good things to think about. <laughs> I would guess, uh, so the one with the most experience is... Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. I would go with him because in this time you have to be more professional to not be distracted by everything else that's going on in the world. It's a crazy world out there, right? Now. Crazy world right now. All right. Well, the Oracle has decided Ezekiel Elliott is who Jordan should take one on one. Thanks, Ma. We'll call you next week. <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye. There you go. There it is. Decision's been made for you. 
And you know what? I'm still getting a top 12 guy in the second round. So, or not top 12. Close yeah, to it. Top 12. I feel like top the, way, 12. the way it could shake out. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you, no, you would have get to get top 12 back. Well, you can get a, year. you can get a run of wide receivers. Top 12 running back. There probably. you go. I Because there's yeah. a lot of stud wide receivers and my mocks mm-hmm. have like Patrick Mahomes going in the first round. Yeah. The mocks, yeah. the, are you on sleeper? Yeah. Yeah, Sleeper fucking loves their quarterbacks in a super flex early. God damn, it's incredible. I was doing mocks on there for my league, and I was like, every time I'd mock, all of the running backs and wide receivers get pushed down because Mahomes, Lamar, and Dak would go in the first two rounds. I was like, I don't know if this is true, but I'm here for it. All right, well, there you go. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Make sure to also check us out online. We're not just a uh, podcast. We are also a website, faketeams.com. Go there. We ha- cover all fantasy sports. We are going to be on the fantasy football season all year long, giving you uh, rankings, sleepers, must starts, starts and sits, the whole nine yards. You can find it there. Um Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Make sure to follow, you can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you next week. Until then. Peace.